the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. This episode brought to you by Lockwood Inner Circle. That is a, a membership that Pearl and I created because we hear it all the time from parents that they're not getting everything they need from their guidance counselors. The fact of the matter is, is that you begin building that body of work, or your child does, from ninth grade forward, maybe even earlier, because every class, every extracurricular, every summer opportunity, etc., that all goes into that body of work that will ultimately be summarized in a closing argument, the college applications, three and a half years later. So we created the Lockwood Inner Circle membership because so many parents have no idea what they should be doing and when they should be doing it. Timelines, deadlines, you name it. Also, the membership includes a double secret tool that we use to help predict chances of getting in to your dream colleges and everywhere else you're applying, as well as the odds of winning fat, juicy, merit, and need-based financial aid offers. It's a privately available tool that's proprietary, and it was developed by someone really high up in the, uh, on the totem pole at a, an elite Ivy League institution and someone who was actually very deeply involved with the College Board back in the good old days. So it's all available to you at LockwoodInnerCircle.com. Podcast listeners get 50% off of this membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when they check out. Please enjoy the show, and if you like what you hear, we wouldn't mind if you gave us a glowing review on Apple Podcasts. Go for five or six stars, maybe seven stars, whatever you can do. It's kind of a shameless uh, request, but you know what? It helps our reach and get through to other parents. So I would appreciate it. So would Pearl. She doesn't know I'm asking you to do this, so let's just keep that between us. <laughs> uh, enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. Okay, good morning. Andy Lockwood here with a new experiment, Fact Us Friday. Good morning. Welcome to this week's experimental episode. I'm going to be answering questions weekly. Every Friday at some point, I'm going to be posting a response to a question that was submitted earlier in the week uh, with the chance of having it answered on the, on the air. This is on our Facebook page. And it's also going to show up on our YouTube page. So today's question, actually, it's an, it's an amalgam of questions. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about negotiations. If you have any questions, first of all, and you want to uh, have a chance for me to pick it to submit it live, go right to our, um, our website, LockwoodCollegePrep.com slash FAQ-US, F-A-Q hyphen U-S. And then you can fact us. What the fact? You might as well. Okay. So let's talk about negotiations. Put on the old cheaters here. So um, the thing about negotiating uh, your financial aid award is your best bet is to have it based on new information, not information that was disclosed or somewhat disclosed on your financial aid forms initially. So there's two main financial aid forms. There's the FAFSA, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, and there's also the CSS Profile. There's other forms too, but those are the two main ones. Every college takes the FAFSA. There is no room for explanation 
of any circumstances on there. And then there is uh, also the CSS profile, which roughly 400 colleges um, will, will require. That form actually has a teeny tiny little area to disclose special circumstances. In many cases, those circumstances are completely blown off. So uh, by the by, the financial aid office. So all right, let's talk a little bit about new information because the um, I was going to say sleeping elephant, but the wide awake elephant in the room is uh, coronavirus and COVID nineteen and SARS CoV two, which I think is the proper name for it. But those are um, whatever you call it. Coronavirus has created new special circumstances, a classic case of what financial aid officers refer to as special circumstances, which is an umbrella term for stuff that they may have professional judgment to be able to bring to bear on factors that are outside, outside the box, so the quote unquote boxes of the uh, financial aid forms, the FAFSA and the CSS profile. Now, before I get into those arguments, I want to point out to you why you have to make those arguments. When you're, uh, so if you're watching this and you have someone who graduated in 2020 or is going to graduate in 2020, limping home across the finish line with pass-fail classes that are online or something, um, the inherent design flaw, so to speak, of the FAFSA and the CSS profile is that it is based on income from two years ago, from 2018. Every uh, FAFSA CSS profile has a two-year income only, income look back. So uh, what that means is it's based on an ancient time in history when things were a lot different, particularly now in the midst of this pandemic. If you have someone graduating 2021, your tax returns for 2019 are the ones in play, and they too will not give any type of effect to the coronavirus that's happening right now in early 2020. So what do you do? Well, in that case, you will give them an update by way of an appeal letter. And colleges have different uh, methods for submitting appeals. I'll tell you what I recommend. I'll tell you what I don't recommend um, in, in a minute when I get through the actual arguments. But the, the important thing to do is to follow their lead and do exactly what they want. Sometimes they're clear, sometimes they're not. The gist of the argument about coronavirus, and I've, I have uh, written probably this week alone 20 or 25 letters. I'm not, I'm not, I refuse to keep track because it's, it's going to be too, <laughs> too um, overwhelming for me, frankly, is that, look, <clears throat> I know that things looked one way on my tax returns from 2018. However, the bottom fell out on us. Things are a lot different now. And here's what's going on. So let me give you a, a good example. And then I'll give you a not good example. The good example, I have clients who are self-employed. They, uh, they're lawyers. They practice a form of law. I won't give too many details to, to protect the, the innocent. Um, that was already on a downward trajectory in 2019. So that was going to be the basis for the appeal uh, before coronavirus hit. And, uh, and now that everything is shut down, including the courts, they can't even work from home because everything is, they, they can't make any money. They can't go to a place that's shut down. So their argument is, look, in 18, our income was here. 
it was it was a, it was great. Nineteen, it had already started dropping, and now we haven't made anything for three months, and who knows when the courts are going to reopen. Colleges have uh, again what, what they call professional judgment to be able to adjust awards given uh, given new realities that didn't appear on the financial aid form. So that is a great example of a coronavirus related appeal to tell them about new circumstances. Um, all right. Yeah, I, I can't see who's. Uh, good morning. I can't. The Streamyard service I'm using um, to to broadcast this doesn't let me see who's actually posting. So, good morning, anonymous Facebook user. Nice to see you. Good to see me. All right. Here's a bad argument for that related to coronavirus. Well, um, so coronavirus hit, and I am nervous that my company is going to lay people off or cut income. That could happen any day now. If I'm a financial aid officer, I'm reading that and thinking, okay, well, if and when that happens, please, you know, you're more than welcome to appeal to us then once you have something to appeal. But we can't deal with future contingencies. Just the same way that financial aid looks, at, looks back two years ago, um, they don't really look too much at the present unless you alert them to what's happening at present. And they definitely don't look into a crystal ball and tell you what's happening in the future or, or will acknowledge or give effect to what's going to happen in the future. So that's an example of a bad coronavirus related, uh, re related appeal. All right. What else can I tell you? There are other, uh, okay. One of my favorite things to have in my hip pocket and sometimes it's worked great. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. By the way, everything I'm saying, uh, you know, it can work, but it's not going to work for, for everyone. So uh, someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, um, when I was, you know, in, re in response to my statement along the lines of, well, you know, state schools, uh, I don't expect much from them in terms of appealing because in a normal year, pre-pandemic, we didn't ever really do too well, maybe a couple thousand dollars extra, but state schools, state universities, public, you know, land grant colleges, they don't really have much money. Their budgets have been slashed over the last 15 years. And now, forget it. You know, everything that I think I learned you know, in the last 20 years of being a college advisor, it's almost out the window. We're in a, in a completely new era. Uh, private colleges also are under siege themselves because they've been forced to cough up um, a lot of money. Not all of them have done this because they can't afford it. Even though they charge a ridiculous amount of money, their margins are so thin that they, um, they're, they're not very profitable. So they can't afford to give out refunds right and left. Even a small school if they're doing partial refunds for the you know for the last couple of months of college before summer break, that they may have to cough up two to three million dollars. So it's it's a lot for them to do. They're under pressure, but the, the other form of pressure is that they are over admitting kids in order to fill their classes to hit their enrollment targets. So there might be a little bit of leeway this year for private colleges. Um, what I was going to say is, it's a it's beautiful when you have offers from competitor colleges, meaning colleges that are after the same type of student as yours presents to them. So it could be colleges in the same conference, like the Big Ten or the Ivy League or something like that. Or it could be colleges that are reputable in the same type of major, like communications or, so, or something along those lines. So when I'm helping kids, when I work with them one-on-one -on -one, uh, to help them finalize their college lists over the summer, we always want to make sure that you have a bunch of competitor offers 
um, that are about to be solicited by having competitor colleges in your final mix. Maybe it's one or two schools that are chosen specifically as straw men, so to speak, in order to solicit these other offers that we can use. So for example, right now, I'm trying to play off a couple of the, what I call the Holy 12 colleges against each other. You know, the Jesuit uh, colleges that a lot of kids at parochial schools apply to, you know, they might apply to six or seven or 10 or 12 of those types of schools. They compete with each other. Okay, so that's a that is great to have those. The best the best defense against these overpriced colleges is a good offense, and that's why I recommend having competitor colleges. So if you have a younger child uh, coming up, you know, an eleventh grader, or tenth grader, or younger, keep that in the back of your mind. All right, next, uh, what about you know I wrote I wrote this in caps. You probably can't read that because I barely can. Um, so it'd be easier for me to read, and I'm still using my glasses. Okay. So, um, okay, so what about uh, other extenuating or special circumstances? Well, expenses can be a special circumstance. So let me give you an example of good expenses that might help sway the financial aid office and some bad ones. The good ones are extraordinary crushing expenses. I, I don't mean to say good in the sense of a cheerful type of expense, but in terms of a persuasive expense, it can't be something like, yeah, you know, we live in a very um, high property tax area, so we need more money. Our, even though we make a high income, it doesn't really go too far in Long Island, in suburban Massachusetts, in the San Francisco area, you know, wherever. Uh, that fails on two parts. One, it's not new information. That, that was the first thing I mentioned uh, this morning. The second is they already know, well, it's really related to the first, they already know where you live. They, they see your application, they see your zip code, um, and they specifically don't consider expenses. That is one of the many flaws in the financial aid forms is it's, it, they, they don't care about certain things, including your expenses. Okay, now what would constitute a persuasive expense? Well, let's say you had a divorce and you got crushed by uh, attorney fees or you, you, your partner screwed you over in business and you had to litigate and you got crushed by attorney fees. I don't know if you're picking up on a theme here. Um, or you went bankrupt, or you had you got sick, and you had all these uh, unreimbursed medical expenses that that crushed you. It's real catastrophic stuff that we're talking about here. Not things are really expensive here, and I drive you know a Tesla and a BMW, and it's just I have to keep up appearances because I'm in sales, you know, something like that. Okay. Okay, next, moving along. There's other losses of income also, not just coronavirus related. So um, if you're self-employed and you had a great year in 2018 and 19, you lost a big client. That is um, a great example, a persuasive example that fits squarely within the definition of a um, of what, you know, what, what they call special circumstance. Um, I have a client I was talking to yesterday who's in the retail industry, and she made uh, close to $300,000 in 2018. And then in 2019, two of her biggest suppliers, Sears and Dress Barn, went out. And that accounted for a huge overconcentration of business for her. So she floundered around. She was able to pick up another job um, in uh, February, I believe at $130-something thousand dollars a year. 
and the next month she was laid off. So it's a combination of look, high income in eighteen dropped significantly uh, in nineteen, so things are not as rosy as they appeared in eighteen, and now the coronavirus came. So it's a it's a hybrid argument, but what you know, whatever you have to tell them that bears on your ability to pay for college, that is what goes on these appeals. So most of the time, these colleges want everything in writing. It is not a good idea, even in normal times, to go visit necessarily. I, I would say that if I, if, I, if I had to hazard a guess, and it's, it's really an educated guess from talking to a lot of these financial aid officers at conferences, but if I had to come up with the number one thing that they hate or they like the least about their jobs, it's parents groveling for money. So that's why um, most colleges have created these systems. Sometimes they require a form to fill out. Um, you know, most of the time it's in writing. And they do that in order to process the large amounts of uh, shameless begging that parents do each year. So you wanna follow their lead. You don't wanna get them um, not on the same side of the table from you. you. You don't want them to be adversarial. You want them to be on the, you know, rooting for you uh, collegially. So uh, the writing is, is always the way to go. Usually the forms that they have will have you check off a box that, you know, is it a loss of income? Is it an unusual expense? Is it other? Something like that. And then they'll allow you to provide a brief explanation. You know, there's a space for a brief explanation. A brief explanation does not mean a three-pager. A brief explanation means a one-pager showing them that you respect their time and um, be very sensitive to what they're going through. Not, not only are you under a lot of stress, but they are too. So if you want more information and some actual examples of sample letters that I've used uh, over the years to help my clients get an additional 5,000, 10,000, sometimes 50,000 or more uh, per year, then I, I, what I did was I dumped that all out of my head and I put it into a course and I posted the link for that here. You can go to appealsclass.com or I can't remember what the link was that I, I posted here on, uh, on Facebook. I think it's collegeguruacademy.com appeals hyphen class. So it's got sample letters. Uh, it, it also gives you the opportunity to have me review and punch up, as we say in the biz, your appeal letter before you submit it just to see if I can strengthen your arguments at all that you're making. Um, I don't, I don't take on clients anymore for one-on-one -on -one appeals because I'm just too busy with my regular high fee clients. Uh, you know, my private one-on-one -on -one clients, um, I'm, we're just, you know, slammed right now. This year is the busiest year we've ever had doing these types of things. But like I said, if you want me to look over your shoulder and kind of work, you know, it's a done with you type of product, go, go to that link appealsclass.com. All right. Thanks a lot for watching. If you, again, if you uh, want to have your question answered, if you want to get, get a, sh a chance at having your question answered, go to our website, lockwoodcollegeprep.com slash fac dash us, F-A-Q hyphen us. And please, if you, if you uh, are finding this valuable, post a comment here. Let me know that I should keep doing these things. Please share this with, you know, on your page, on your timeline, whatever, anybody you know who could use this information. Uh, really appreciate it, and thanks for watching, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
Hi, this is Andy Lockwood. Don't forget to visit our website, LockwoodCollegePrep.com, for some more free, valuable information on how you can multiply your chances of admission to your dream colleges and qualify for thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships along the way. Visit LockwoodCollegePrep.com for information on our free upcoming workshops and webinars and to download a copy of our number one best-selling book, How to Pay Wholesale for College. That's LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Bye-bye.